Okay, I'm a little nervous here speaking in front of a church family, so you mind if I pray real quick? Dear Lord God, we just thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for uh, this opportunity to share the lessons that you've given me. God, I just pray I can speak clearly, Father, and, uh, and uh, um, just glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, here's my part, the third part of the series that Pastor Brian and Rob started. Uh, there's an outline um, and a mentorship insert in the bulletin, and I'll explain that later. Uh, I'm not going to get much into the business strategy today. That'll be discussed at the interest meeting that we'll explain here at the end. Uh, my goal today is to tell my story and share some of the lessons and testimonies where God has moved in my life through business. But please don't think you have to be a business owner to apply these lessons. I learned a lot of them before I started my business, and actually the most valuable employees in the workforce are the ones that take ownership of their job like it's their company, while submitting to God, applying biblical principles to it, and treating employees, coworkers, and clients in a God-honoring way. God's blessing and honor... Uh, God's blessing and covering can be on you. You can grow, thrive, and give glory to God at any job or business by doing it God's way, according to Colossians chapter 3, and I'll explain that scripture later as well. So I've always been a strong believer there's safety in a multitude of counselors. So when I first started my business, I would ask as many people as I could uh, for advice. You know, how do you do things uh, that honor God? How do you do business in a godly way? And I couldn't find a single person at that time Maybe it was the friends I had or the people I knew, but I couldn't find a person that would really teach me how to do things right in the eyes of the Lord. Everybody would tell me, if you lie here and you cheat there, you can save on your taxes here. And um, I had to rebuke it all. I, I figured I wasn't uh, smart enough to do things the wrong way, and if I was going to do it, I was going to uh, do it right in the eyes of the Lord. I was really shocked at how much corruption is in the business world. Um, it's very common to, to lie and cheat and steal and... Um, I would say from my experience, a majority of the people that I, I've, I've done business with kind of operate in a manner like that. So my plan is and always has been to build up a, a couple successful businesses that would run without me to establish a platform so I can point people to the Lord. I've always wanted to share how to do business that honors God, pretty much what I was looking for in the beginning uh, that I couldn't find. I just thought, well, okay, I guess I'll try to be that guy. Um, then the goal was to retire, buy an RV, travel the U.S., and possibly speak at conferences or trade shows and evangelize along the way. And then I was having uh, lunch with Pastor one day, and, and he really empowered that vision. You know, I would talk about that. I would, I would tell it. And, um, and Pastor was like, well, what are you waiting for? You know, um, you have a platform. You know, start local. And he really was, was pouring into me. You know, that's great, retire, travel, but start local, start at your church, start at your community. And, um, and a little side note, I really want to say how much I appreciate our pastor. I really believe he has a gift in pushing people toward their, their, their ministries. Uh, if you look around our church, we have a, a lot of ministries here, and I believe pastor is one that's behind that fuel in it. Um, so I really felt like God was speaking to me. I went home, I started writing things down, Lord started really revealing things, giving me ideas, and... Um, I felt like God was speaking to me. You know, are you just going to talk about it or are you going to do something about it? So, uh, you know, this is very nervousing for me. I've never spoke in front of our church here and, uh, or, or on this topic. So bear with me if I mess up any. Um, I'm told by bankers, accountants, and consultants that they just don't see the type of growth that we're having, uh, the stability, the success that we're achieving each year. They act like they don't understand how I'm doing it. But I know, trusting 
and honoring God in business is how I'm doing it. Um, just to tell my backstory a little bit, I didn't come from a rich family or a college education. I was raised in a lower middle class family, and unfortunately, I failed out of my first year of college. Um, and I'll go ahead and apologize now for any grammar errors, just in case. Um, I'm talking to my wife, really. Um, success came from drawing a line in the sand and submitting to God and deciding to do God's business. Uh, I'm sorry, to, to deciding to do business God's way. So the first topic um, is money priorities, and they have to be in the right order. And I'm really sorry I have to talk about money. I know it's a topic people really don't like to talk about, tithing, uh, money. Um, but it's a vital part of life and running a business. In my opinion, it's the most important step for God's protection and covering in your personal finances and your business. It's hard enough to figure everything out in business, um, especially if you're fighting against God and, and his laws. And Malachi 3.10, and again, I just want to, I know uh, Rob shared a few of these scriptures, and I'm going to share a few of the same ones that he shared. We both had our outlines already done. I just think it's interesting how a couple business owners are leaning on the some of the same words, some of the same scriptures. But it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And here's the promise in this. Test me in this. And it's the only time in the Bible the Lord tells us to test him. I find that very interesting. Test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe says the Lord God Almighty. And, and please note, like, prevent pests from devouring your crops. That's not just physical pest eating crops. It's the crops is your livelihood. It could be lots of things. You know, if you're not doing things the Lord's way, the money can just dwindle away. The vines in your fields will not drop their fruit. You know, the fruit, the fruit could be of your life, the fruit of your finances. Um, this is a promise from the Lord. If you do it his way, um, he will bless that area in your life. And the blessing is not just financial. It could be things like favor with vendors, uh, securing materials that are hard to find right now, spiritual gifts, relationship, um, relationships, wisdom, um, ideas, unexplainable things that can't be written into a business plan. And the list just goes on and on. The blessing is not just a financial blessing. Uh, here's two quick stories. Before I started my own business, I worked at True Green, Kimlon, and uh, I was a certified arborist, and I was in charge of the emerald ash borers when I came to Columbus and started killing all the ash trees. Uh, so when I started my own business, I had this, this education. And as soon as they came to Pataskala, I think in 2011, I started my business in 2010, um, I just had an idea. I know it was from the Lord, but call a couple of the local uh, newspapers and, you know, just tell them about it. So they came out, did an article, took some pictures, and, and that just blew up. I, I got so much business from that, and I had no clue that's how that works. I thought you pay a couple thousand dollars, put some ads in the newspaper, people will call you. They really don't call off the ads in the newspapers, but if there's an article in there, for some reason, they, they call like crazy. They believe that over, over an article. But I didn't know this. I believe the Lord gave me that, that idea. Um, another um, unexplainable situation was uh, we were doing a little bit of work at the, uh, at the Straters on Broad Street. We would buy some plants from them. And the manager there took a liking to me and took a liking to the business and uh, wanted us to start doing work for her. And, and we did for that property. And then she started putting our business cards out. And still to this day, they're there. So you walk into Straders and people ask, hey, well, how do I plant this? Or call this guy, call this guy. And that's, I mean, the blessing of the Lord. It's like we have an, 
an endless supply of, of inquiries just from her, and that's not something I could have wrote into a business plan. I believe that's blessing from the Lord because I decided to do things right and honor him in business, honor him with finances. So tithing is crucial, and when your money is prioritized correctly, the Lord can really bless and move through your life financially. Next thing is, um, and again, these are my opinions, you know, don't babysit your tithe once you give it. You know, I, I met a gentleman one time, some Christian, I don't even know where, we were just talking, and uh, he was telling me how he doesn't tithe to his church because he goes to a big church, it was a mega church, and the pastor's house is too big and has too much money, and I'm thinking, you're not giving the money to your pastor, you're giving it to the Lord. When you give it to the Lord, you forget about it. You know, you give it because that's what the Lord asked us to do. Not in a legalistic way, but the Lord says, do this, well, do that. And um, if, you're, if you're going to that church, then you obviously believe in, the, in what the church is, is, is preaching. If you don't, find another church. But if you are going to that church, that's where your tithe goes. And then you forget about it. You give it and you forget about it. Um, tithing is a form of worship displaying faith at a high level. And I really believe this because money is very important, right? People need money to pay their bills, eat, you know, roof over the house. Money is very important. And I'll explain a little later where I was at a point in my life where money was more important to me than God. It was my priorities were out of line. And a lot of people, I think, can be in that, in that area. But it's a high level of faith. You start giving to the Lord, um, especially if you don't have extra money. God can and move, can and will move in that area no matter what. It is real. He'll lead you and teach you about your finances and then how to handle them properly. Just like Rob told his story about trusting God during the lean times, here's my story. And I really believe this was a turning point in my life with my finances. Um, and, and I want to just throw out a disclaimer. I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. I'm not perfect. If you ask my wife, she'll tell you in a heartbeat. Um, but when it comes to business, I did put a line in the sand, and God has graced me in this area. So... Like I was saying, I used to work at True Green years ago, and uh, we would take a layoff every winter, and I loved it. You know, a little couple months off, do some hunting in the wintertime around Christmas, the holidays. Well, um, and we'd get unemployment. One year, they kind of changed how they were doing things. They said, well, we're not going to—it's it's not going to be like a voluntary layoff. We're terminating everybody's positions, and then we're going to rehire. And I, I really believe it was kind of a manipulative move, kind of some uncertainty of what was happening, kind of some restructuring. And I had a pretty good thing going there. I was making decent money. I could, my hours were flexible. Um, so I was very nervous. You know, I was at this time, I was a new Christian. I was pretty young and in the Lord. And I was kind of nervous because like I said, I was working for security. Money was pretty important. And then I really just got to a point pretty quick that, all right, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you with this area in my life. I'm not going to worry about it. Um, and I just, I started seeing what the Lord's going to do. You know, there's some scripture that say, you know, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. The Lord would speak to me that if you, if you take care of my business, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of your business. You know, so I just put my eyes on the Lord. It all worked out. You know, I just didn't know what was going to go. And I didn't know if that, at that point I was going to start maybe buying real estate full time. The company called me back, brought me on, nothing really changed. It worked out. But that same winter, um, there was a lady that worked in the office, a single lady, a single parent. She had three children, and she wasn't making much money, and she couldn't afford this. Like, it was terrifying to her. And, and I didn't have much money. I didn't really have much. I, 
you know, I'd take that layoff every winter, and, and layoff pays a little bit, unemployment does, and I would save up maybe $1,500, $1,700 or something to kind of get me through the, the two or three months I was off. And uh, I felt like the Lord was saying, you really need to give her 500 bucks." And I was like, you know, that's kind of, that's, that's almost a third of what I have to get through the winter. But I was like, okay, no problem, and I gave that to her. Um, she ended up buying winter coats for her children. But really what the main thing was about, I think the Lord was telling me, you know, what's, are you going to trust me or are you going to trust that checking account? You know, and I believe those two situations in my life is when my finances start to turn. I believe the Lord looks at it as when somebody trusts him more than they do their, their job or their finances, now the Lord's looking at it as, well, now I got something I can work with. You know, let's, let's do something here. Um, I, so God's grace be in this area, and I don't understand why. Um, Uh, next topic, I'm sorry. So next topic is uh, two masters there. Um, in Luke 16, 13, it says, No one can serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Um, I'm a strong believer, but you can serve God with your money. And I believe that's where the, the priorities come in alignment. I believe some of the biggest breakthroughs come from financially trusting God, not money. And I also believe that not only financial breakthroughs come through, but it can trickle on down because finances and money have such an importance in people's lives. When they have a breakthrough financially, other strongholds can, can, can fall off of them because they're taking their eyes off of themselves, putting them on the Lord, and now things can start to fall in place, prioritize. So here's a, two quick stories. Um, so before I started my business, and a lot of these lessons I, I did learn before I started my business, um, I was really praying, you know, that scripture that says faith comes through here and here through the word of God. I was praying hard that, Lord, I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you through your, through your word, through reading. I want to hear through you from, from scripture. I want to hear from you just speaking to me. You know, I was really praying. I wanted to hear from the Lord. Um, and I was in my car one day getting ready to go to work at True Green, and I would keep track of my mileage. We'd drive our own personal vehicles, and the company would pay for gas. They would give us a gas car. And I was sitting there arguing with myself about how I was tracking my mileage. And I was sitting there saying, well, this is, you know, I put 25,000 miles a year on my vehicle. It would be a nightmare to do it another way. And blah, blah, blah. I was just going back and forth, man. I was going at it. And uh, the Lord was like, said just as loud as can be, and it's the first time I ever verbally heard the Lord, Lord's voice in my spirit. He said, that's not you you're arguing with, that's me. And I was like, oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. So I was like, all right, I'll submit it. You know, I'll, 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 I'll change it. And it all worked out. The mileage was very easy to do. But in that process, I grew so much closer to the Lord. Um, when I first gave my heart to the Lord, you know, I was 100% saved. So I don't want to be confusing. I was, I was saved 100% no matter what. But the Lord wasn't 100%. I wasn't submitted 100%, right? I was maybe submitted 10%. I don't know. I'm just going to throw out some numbers. You know, I was going to church on Sundays. You know what I mean? I was, I was a Christian. Maybe I stopped cussing or something. I don't know. But that's about it. You know, I was still in charge of my finances. I was in charge of, of maybe my relationships and different things. And when I submitted that mileage, that financial gain, it's like I grew. I grew, I don't know. Maybe another 10%. I don't know. I mean, hear what I'm saying. I was saved 100% no matter what. But now all of a sudden, I gave up that part of my life, and the Lord was able to fill it. And when he filled that spot in my life that I was holding on to that was not godly, it was lying, 
Now all of a sudden I received more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, you know, more fruit of the Spirit. Now all of a sudden I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. You know, I gave up a part of myself so the Lord could come dwell in that area. So then I started praying, well, what else is standing in between me and you? I mean, what else can I submit? Um, so I'm not trying to claim a prosperity gospel at all. Please hear, hear me. I'm just trying to share what God has done in my life. I'm a strong believer. It's okay to walk in God's blessing. Um, God's promises and laws of order do apply. There's promise after promise in the, in the scriptures, in the Bible, um, about blessing us when we submit to him. And that's okay. And it's not just financial. Um, you can walk with God's blessing encompassing your whole life. Um, God loves us more than we know. He cares about every little detail. Um, the opposite of this is actually true as well. I have friends that are always complaining, ungrateful, constantly walking in defeat, talking about how the devil this, the devil that, you know, always struggling. But realistically, it's not the devil. Half the time, they're struggling against God and, and just submitting and doing what the Lord wants them to do. Because what I read in the Bible, in First John, is where it says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. In Colossians, it says, you receive the fullness of Christ, who's the head of every power and authority. And Luke, it says, I've given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and overcome all the power of the enemy. And in James, it says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. It comes down to what do you believe? Are you going to believe these scriptures? Because I do. I believe every word of it. You know, if you lean on them, if you trust in these, the Lord can't. It, 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 you can walk it out. Um, now, I'm not saying that there's not going to be trials and tribulations, right? Because uh, there will be, for sure. In James 1-2, it says, Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials and tribulations because the testing of your faith develops perseverance. So, I really look at that scripture. So, when I do have to go through something, the Lord's saying, Consider it pure joy. That's opposite of what we, our natural bodies want to think. You know, something comes against us, whatever it is. It can be anything first thing is, oh, woe is me. You look at me. Man, I can't believe this is happening to me. You know, what's happening is our eyes are on ourself. They're not on the Lord. The Lord's saying, consider it joy when this happens because you can grow from it. So I start getting to the point to where something comes at me. All right, Lord, start praying. What do I need to learn so I can move on? You know, so I would start, you know, I'd take my eyes off the problem because that's where the devil wants you. He wants you in a ditch, keep you down there, make you feel sorry for yourself. But when I would put my eyes on the Lord and say, okay, what can I learn? You know, I would, it's like, it would just fall off of me. You know, the Lord would show me what I need to learn. Sometimes it was patience, <laughs> but whatever it was, I could learn it and move on because I know in Romans eight twenty eight, it says in all things, God works for the good of those who love. So consider it joy and then know that God's going to use it for, for his good, for my good. So again, it's, what do you put your focus on? Is it the problem or is it the Lord? If it's the Lord, it just seems like you can just maneuver through things. Um, so let me get back on track with the two masters. Um, it's okay to have an abundance of money, money and even be wealthy as long as it's in the proper order. Serve God with your money as, in as many ways as you can. Be ready to be useful. Be available. Be financially sound so you can be a blessing. Sow into as many ministries as you can. Use the talents and spiritual gifts the Lord has given you. This is why the Lord blesses you. Um, if you don't have any extra money, then it's hard to go or give when, when God says to if you're always strapped for cash. And just my opinion, again, this is my opinion. I didn't even run this by pastor here. But my opinion is if you go to a church, your tithe goes there. Offerings go if you want to support another ministry. Um, 
So money is not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that is. I think sometimes people get that a little confused, you know, the love of money. And I think that's what maybe I had, you know, you know, God was more important or money was more important than God uh, before. And Matthew 19, 16 through 22 um, is the story about the rich ruler. And he asked Jesus, what do I got to do to have eternal life? He goes on to saying, I've obeyed your commandments. I've done this. I've done that. And Jesus said, sell what you have and give it to the poor. And I believe this was an area that was standing between that rich ruler and God. It was his crossroad, just like Rob and I had a crossroad. What are we going? All right, we're going to trust God right now. Um, the story isn't real clear on what happened with this rich ruler because it says he went away sad. Uh, but when I read that, I envisioned that he chose money as his master. Um, and the story doesn't tell us what would have happened if he'd obeyed, but the Bible's very clear of what would have happened according to, to Malachi 3.10. See, obviously this guy was good with money, right? I mean, he had a gift, a gift that the Lord's given him. If he'd had a giving, obedient heart, I don't believe for a second that he would have just lost all of his wealth. I believe it would have came back tenfold, you know, because now the Lord has something he can work with. And Luke 16.10 it says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? I love this scripture when I was, again, early on serving the Lord, it, he would always be speaking to me. The little things, the little things are important. You know, here's, here's a, a couple quick stories. Um, this was once I started my business, one of my employees um, was buying some materials at Menards. And if you're a contractor, you know, we like Menards, but if you're a contractor, you go in there and it takes hours. You almost have to learn how to do their job so you can get in and get out. You know, there's only so many hours in a day. So um, he bought a, a case of caulking, like the landscaping glue for retaining walls. And I don't know, there's 12 or 15 or so of them in a case. And they only rang him up for one of them. And he got back to the office and we was talking about his day and how, how long it took and this and that. And he's like, hey, but I saved us some money. I was like, you know, how? What, what happened? Well, they only rang me up for one tube of caulking. And I was taken back for a second. And I was like, no, you're going to take that back. He's like, well, but, you know, you go in there, it takes hours. Like trying to justify that it was okay. And I says, nobody else is going to decide whether we do what's right or not. Nobody else is going to determine our integrity. We're not going to sell our integrity for 25 bucks or whatever it is. You know, so those little things, I believe a Christian, or I'm sorry, I had a, a Christian friend, another Christian friend that I looked up to. You know, he was, I felt like a really strong guy in the Christian, and he was. He has great, a lot of gifts in the Lord. We'd go out to eat, and uh, you know how they ask you, is it for here or to go? Well, he would say, to go. No one, we're going to eat there. And I'm like, are you seriously going to sell your integrity for 50 cents? You know, pay the 50 cents. How can the Lord bless that if, you're, if your money, you're putting lying and stealing in front of your integrity, in front of serving the Lord, submitting and doing what's right? Kids, younger Christians, non-Christians, they're watching us. They watch every move to see if it's real. You know, are, are we faking it or, or is this thing real? Are you going to serve the Lord with, with maybe your drug and alcohol problem or are you going to serve the Lord with, you know, you're eating in and saving 50 cents. So I'm not trying to condemn everybody, anybody. I'm just saying that those little things, you know, the Lord can't bless an area of your life if it's not all surrendered to him. You know, if you're going to 
maybe tithe but lie about other things? Well, this is what it says in Proverbs 13, 11. Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. That is God's formula for income and wealth. Dishonest money dwindles away. The Lord can't bless dishonest money. And notice the part that says gathers little by little makes it grow. Some people want to just get rich quick. You, know, you see the little house flipping shows. Well, I mean, that's not biblical. That's not what this scripture is saying. Uh, not saying you can't flip a house and make some money, but again, you got to have step one. You got to have a foundation. Most people either nick one dime themselves poor or nick one dime themselves rich. I do know a lot of people that spend all the money in their checking account once they get paid. They get paid, you know, you look at your checking account, whatever that balance is. Okay, that's my money. What am I going to do with it? And, and I've noticed a lot of people will spend it on personal things first, uh, entertainment, whatever. Just kind of go through the money, then maybe some bills, and maybe tithe comes at the end. But the real order um, is tithe is first. You get you paid, you pay your tithe, and you're trusting the Lord to teach you, you know, and that he's going to bless them finances. And then after that, kind of a little side note here, I'm a strong believer of you want to put some money away from yourself. You want to be able to move when the Lord says, you know, I, I need you to do something. So what I kind of recommend younger kids to do is, you know, a lot of people get direct deposit. Even if you don't, there's electronic transfer. You know, take 100 bucks a week, 500 bucks a month, whatever, and just transfer out of that checking account. So when you look at that checking account balance, you're not like, oh, I got a few hundred bucks in there. I can go spend it on this or that. You know, get that money out of there first. Um, because it really works. I wish somebody would have shown me a, a compounding calculating uh, calculator uh, when I was young. They have them online. You know, if you put a hundred bucks a week, you know, maybe you get a little older and you bump it up to a couple hundred bucks a week. If you start when you're 20, by the time you're 60, I mean, that's 40 years. You know, every seven, eight years, that money is doubling. I mean, you can have millions of dollars just by putting a couple hundred bucks a week in. That's what the scripture says. Uh, so when the Lord opens the door, you want to be able to respond financially. If you don't have any money put away, then it's kind of hard to move. And then um, some, some more examples of, of dishonest. Uh, uh, there's a lot of customers that want to know how much is it if I pay cash. You know, or how about if I give you 50 bucks and you can do this extra work while you're here. You know, and if I take any of that, you know, if we, if we agree to that, oh, yeah, okay, well, let's lie to the government. Let's cheat the, the, the taxes. You know, that money becomes like water in my hand. It doesn't stick. It doesn't stay. Lying on auto titles, you know, there's been a lot of time. And I'm talking about this stuff because I used to do all of it, you know, when I was younger, before I was a Christian, you know, a little bit of financial gain. And, you know, you buy a truck from somebody or a four-wheeler, whatever, a couple of thousand dollars. Hey, can we put $100 on that title so I don't have to pay those extra taxes? Well, again, that, the Lord can't bless that for that little bit of financial gain, not counting the person that's watching you do it. You know, I had a, a Christian come buy a piece of equipment for me a year ago. Great Christian talking about how great his church is and this and that, and then did it right to me. And, you know, I'm not judging him because I used to do it too, but, you know, he struggles in his businesses. Well, there's probably reason number one. You know, you got to quit lying about your, your finances. Um, cheating, stealing, overcharging. The business world is full of dishonesty and corner cutting, even with Christians, but it's not okay. We have to rebuke that and stand firm or else it's water on your hand. So, and then here's another little side note, and uh, I just have to throw this out there. So don't be that customer that's trying to tempt somebody else's employees so you can save a couple hundred bucks. 
We have it happen all the time. It's stealing. It jeopardizes those employees' jobs. Um, so you're putting somebody in, a, in an opportunity where, hey, can I give you 50 bucks for 100 bucks? It's jeopardizing their jobs, their families, their livelihood, so somebody can save a couple hundred bucks. Because it really is stealing. It's stealing. And it's stealing from the company, stealing on company time. My good friend tried it, and he told me about it. Oh, hey, I'm so proud of your employees. I tried to get them to do this for... I'm like, why are you even telling me this? <laughs> so... All right, so there's not many stories of Jesus appearing angry um, in the Bible, right? Matthew 21, 12 through 13, and all, all four Gospels uh, talk about where uh, Jesus overturned the tables. Um, he was very upset, uh, saying they're making it a house of robbers. He's saying they're making it a house of robbers. So it definitely, they were doing dishonest business, right? Uh, they were taking advantage of others, and that's what caused that. I mean, Jesus literally made whips and was chasing them. So dishonest business is a serious matter. You know, there's not too many things. There's a lot of sin, right? Dishonest business fired up Jesus to the point to where he's turning over tables and, and chasing people with whips. And, you know, we just have to know that, you know, take it serious. Where most of our, our, our world out there, it's okay. They think it's okay to cheat a little here and lie a little bit there. So topic number three is business motivation. Um, you really have to decide, you know, if you, if you want to start a business, what's the reason for that? You know, maybe it's more money. Maybe it's freedom. You know, there is a lot of freedom in owning a business. Uh, maybe it's uh, for your family. Leave something for your family, for more family time. Maybe you like the adventure. It's okay. All those things are okay. Any of those reasons are okay. You just have to decide on what the motivation is. You have to have a driver. And then pray. Pray about it. Seek Seek the Lord and see if he opens the door. And if he does, submit to him and trust God. Be obedient. You know, don't try to force things. You know, hear from the Lord. Wait for the doors to open. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. I mean, he's telling us right there. Like, if you're going to start a business, commit your ways to the Lord. Do it right. Don't be dishonest in the little things. He'll establish your plans. You know, in Colossians 3, 23, 24, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So he's telling us, if you're going to do something, just, I mean, do it with all your heart. You're working for the Lord. I mean, this applies to a, an employee. This applies to any job that somebody has, you know, Commit to the Lord, and you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Next topic is uh, trust and faith in the Lord. Um, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. This is one of my favorite scriptures here, you know, because it's easy to trust in ourselves, right? You know, so it says, Do not lean on yourself. Trust in the Lord. Um, and he'll make it work. He'll make your path straight, whatever that path is. So I'm a sinner. I'm not educated in business. I didn't have money to start with or backing me if I failed, but I trust and love the Lord with all my heart, and I'm willing to do business God's way. I don't understand why he's graced me in this area, but I'm very grateful, and I believe these things are the key to allowing God to flow through my business. And here's another side note. Um, unforgiveness, bitterness, entitlement, those really put a lid on what God can do for you. 
it hinders the flow of Christ in your life. I've known people, I've had friends, I'm trying to encourage them, you've got to get rid of that bitterness because they just walk around and the Lord can't flow through that. In Matthew 7, 2, it says, for in the same way you judge others, you'll be judged. And with the measure you use, it'll be used to you. I don't understand why the Lord's saying this, but he's saying it, right? And, and I believe it, it's real. So if you can't get rid of that unforgiveness or that bitterness, it does slow the blessing. You, you can't walk in God's full blessing. Uh, you got to submit those areas to the Lord. you got to allow him to fill those areas. So here's a quick story, too, of, of trusting the Lord. Um, my second year in business, um, we doubled. You know, we grew from the first year. I hired a couple guys. Um, one of them was kind of like my right-hand guy. His name was Sean, and he was a blessing, man. He learned how to do everything from home improvement to mowing, lawn care, landscape, and that's hard to teach someone how to do all those different trades. He could do it, and I, it was a blessing. And um, I used to go to a church outreach for youth ministries. I loved it. They had a, a rehab program there, and, um, and, and I hired two guys from there. You know, they were, anyways, after that second season, they both relapsed, and, and, and I lost them. And, and Sean, it was devastating because I'm like, oh, no, Lord, what am I going to do now? I can't handle all this work myself because we doubled from the first year um, where I was doing everything myself. And I knew the growth was coming for the third year. And I was getting overwhelmed. I was like, why would you do this, Lord? Why would you, you know? And then this young kid named Brandon, I don't know, I think he was 18 years old or something, right out of high school, um, real smart IT type kid. And he helped me with my website and my brochures. He said, you know what, Jeremy, maybe you shouldn't... Uh, be upset that you lost him. Maybe you should be thanking the Lord for the time he gave you with him. And I got to thinking about it. And the kid was really nice, right? He didn't rebuke me. He was really nice about it. And, and I started, and he was right. I took my eyes off the Lord. I put them on myself. Oh, woe is me. What am I going to do now? I lost the vision of what was going on. So the Lord starts speaking to me, right? Like, right? Like anytime I submit to the Lord, he speaks to me. He's like, okay, I didn't bring you this far to drop you on your face. You know, in Matthew 6, 34, it says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and these things will be given to you as well. The Lord tells you right in scripture, seek first his kingdom. These things will be given to you. I took my eyes off his kingdom, put them back on myself. And then all of a sudden there was what? There's fear, probably all the things that are opposite of God. It goes on to say in verse 34, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of his own. I've learned my job, my struggle, is to keep my eyes on the Lord. As soon as I take him off the Lord, that's when confusion sets in. Um, and the Bible makes it very clear. This is what we got to do. It seems easy, right? Uh, there's no safer place than in the middle of God's will, and I strongly believe that. Um, so tomorrow, if there is trouble, and I'm walking through it, as long as I'm on the path that the Lord has me, as long as my eyes are on the Lord... There's no safer place than that. You know, we heard a gentleman come speak when we were at Outreach that went to uh, Columbia and was doing, had an orphanage right in the middle of the drug capital of the world. And uh, somebody was like, well, isn't that scary? You know, and he was like, I'll tell you what's more scary is if I stayed in, in America and didn't submit to the Lord. If you're doing what the Lord has you to do, that's the safest place you can be. Same way with business. If you're doing what the Lord wants you to do, you're good, no matter what's to come. Uh, he can lead you through business ups and downs. God definitely has the answers. Here's another quick little story. Um, I was at a conference somewhere listening to a speaker, and uh, his name was Marty. And he was telling us, you know, kind of set us up a little bit. He was like, you business owners, 
yeah, you guys should enjoy what you have. You worked hard for it. And we're like, yeah, yeah, he's right. You know, and then he goes on to say, and when it's going sideways, when things are going wrong, well, yeah, you deserve that too. And we're like, what? Hold on a second. And basically the story he was telling us was he was talking to another business owner, you know, previously. And his business owner was telling Marty, yeah, my employees are idiots. And Marty's like, oh, really? Well, who hired him? He said, well, I did, but they weren't idiots when I hired him. And he was like, oh, really? Well, who turned him into that? You know, the bottom line is, as I learned, if something's not going right in my company, it's my responsibility, right? I'm the boss. I can change it. You know, and it did happen to me before. I, I had some employees, and I would tell them instructions. Then they would go out, and they wouldn't do it. They would forget, right? I was throwing too much at them. I didn't realize that. You know, so what, the answer, I came up with, with, with job checklists. Okay, this is what you got to do. Before you leave, check this, check this, check. You know, so that was the answer. Those guys weren't idiots. They just wasn't completely trained. And by the way, I wasn't the one that called them idiots. That was not me. Um, so you got to be creative. Find an answer. Look outside the box. You can't blame the economy. It's not the economy's fault. You can't blame your employees, uh, your clients, the government. You know, there may be a lot thrown at you. But none of that, you can't blame any of that if things aren't going right. The Lord has the answers. You can change it. It's your company. You're the boss. you got to seek God, submit to him. He can lead through anything. The cloud does move. you just got to follow the cloud. In May of 2021, um, as a company, we were praying about, well, what are we going to do? Because, you know, we moved in that. We built a shop in 2018. And as of 2021, we tripled in size. This year, we're quadruple in size of when we moved in there. So we didn't expect that we were going to outgrow this building we built. So we started praying about it as a company. Well, what are we going to do, Lord? You know, what are we going to do? We can, there's no parking. We're, we're packed. Um, there's two rental properties that I own on, in that same area. So we were thinking, well, maybe we consolidate the lots, maybe tear down a house, build another building. It was a nightmare. The, the zoning inspector was, <laughs> it was craziness. We were trying to figure it out. So we prayed about it. Wednesday morning meetings, we have safety meetings. You know, give us wisdom, lead us, guide us. Two days later, the neighbor to the right approached one of my employees and said, hey, do you think your boss would be interested in buying this property? It's right next to ours. And the company got to see that. You know, so the Lord's opening. He's opening the doors. Um, so here's my opinion of the economy and, and kind of the strategy for business. Um, the media is definitely painting doom and gloom, right? I mean, like almost like it's the end of the world. There's signs of rece recession coming, and we probably will. I don't know. There's signs of recession. Inflation is out of control. Labor shortages. You can't find labor hardly. Material shortages. Um, but if recession comes, it doesn't mean a company can't thrive. A company that's honoring the Lord. God has the answers and the strategy. He's a lamp unto your feet. Trusting God during scary times is business. Again, high level of faith. This is what I believe. This is kind of, you know, we're building this new building right now. You know, May of 2021, he approached us. We bought it. We've got the excavating done. We're building it. And I'm kind of like, man, this is the worst time in the world to build a big commercial building. You know, inflation's high. Interest rates are high. You know, but I believe with all my heart, the Lord continues to open the doors and lead us down this path. So I don't know what the Lord's answer is, right? All I can know is what the media's painting and recession's coming, all these things. But it could be, maybe it's never going to get cheaper. You know, maybe inflation is never going to go back down. Uh, maybe it'll put us in a position to capitalize um, on opportunities that may arise. You know, I, I wouldn't wish bad on anybody, but there could be some companies that can't keep up with the expenses and labor shortages. Creating opportunities for those being smart with money, trusting and following God, 
looking for opportunities to maneuver through whatever is to come. God has the answers. There's tons of demand and opportunity out there right now as well. Um, baby boomers are retired. A lot of them are getting to the point where they don't want to do their work anymore or they can't. Generation X are normally in their peak income earning years. Millennials are normally not do-it-yourselfers. Uh, not all of them. Um, you know, but money is flowing like crazy in our economy. You know, if you are thinking about starting a business, I believe now is the best time in history. Um, especially if you're de devoting it to the Lord and allowing him to lead you through this. Uh, there's Bible stories like uh, David slaying Goliath, and that seemed impossible, right? I mean, David, right, shepherd boy. His own dad thought nothing of him. You know, when, when they came to choose a king, oh, yeah, David, he's just some shepherd boy. He's out in the field. Like, didn't even get, invite him to the meeting, right? Well, David dedicated his life and his job to the Lord, right? He submitted his life and his shepherd job. The Lord can help a God-honoring person or business maneuver through a recession or even a restructuring or whatever. You know, the Bible does say at one time there's going to be a, a one-world money. I don't know what that means, right? But I know the Lord does, and I know if I'm trusting the Lord, the Lord can maneuver me through anything. Um, it's when I take my eyes off the Lord and start putting them on myself, that's when things will start going sideways on me. So topic five, submit to God. So here's a quick testimony about a gas station manager. Um, so when I was working at True Green, uh, I, was, I would drive my own truck, you know, the mileage thing, I'd drive my own truck, but the, the company would pay for gas, so they would give us a, a, a gas card. I stopped by this gas station, filled up my truck, went in, said, oh, man, my card is expired. They have a new one for me at the office. Is there any way I could go grab that card real quick? I'll, I'll even leave you my driver's license. I, I thought I was being reasonable, right? I'll leave him my driver's license. Just, and this guy was mean. He was like, no, uh, uh you're not leaving here unless you pay for that. I'm like, come on, I'm just trying to stop using my own money and, and you know, the company's going to pay for it. He wouldn't let me leave, so I was kind of a jerk back. I feel bad about it. You know, I pulled out my debit card, and I went to hand it to him. And as soon as he went to grab it, I dropped it. Right? He was mad. He threw me out of there. He said, don't ever come back. So then I started reading in First Peter, you know, I don't know, a few days later or something. First Peter 2, 13 through 15. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority. The Lord really started speaking to me that that guy was my human authority at that point. He wasn't asking me to sin. He was saying, this is the call. And the Lord's telling me, you know, that's what the guy said. You need to follow that. This is, this is honoring me. This is worshiping me when you do what I say. To, con to continue on that scripture, it says, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and commend those who do right, for it's God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. And, you know, I don't think that guy was a foolish person by any means, but I think he was being unreasonable. So I, th I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. You know, I, he spoke to me, right? When I read something, he speaks to me in my language. I said, all right, if I drive by there again, I'll stop in and talk to him, knowing that I hardly ever drive by this gas station. It was kind of on a corner of our territory. Wasn't a couple days later. I wasn't even thinking about it. I looked over, and I'm like, oh, man. And there was the gas station, so I pull in there, and I go and talk to this guy, and as soon as he sees me come in, I see him, like, oh, great, here we go. And I walked up and said, look, I'm really sorry. I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to be acting like that. You know, you made the call. I should have uh, honored it. And, you know, I was just apologetic to him, and he was taken back. He was like, oh, no problem at all. Actually, no, no, thank you. You know, I'm actually kind of known to be a jerk, but he used a bad word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the Lord's doing in that situation. You know, I know the Word's alive and active and sharpening. Maybe the Lord uses that kind of stuff. But, but, it, but what it meant to me was it's not your call to tell people whether they're right or wrong. If they're an authority and they make a decision, 
If they're not asking you to sin, you got to submit. And when you do, you're honoring the Lord. And the Lord can bless that. So this applies to the BWC, Bureau of Workers' Compensation, OSHA, tax-exempt status, IRS, right, all these things. you got to follow the rules. The business world is so full of, oh, OSHA is un unrealistic, BWC, blah, blah, blah. You can lie about your, your codes. I mean, it goes on and on and on, right? And Mark 12, 17, give to Caesar what's Caesar's, what belongs to Caesar, right? Um, I believe you can find favor. If you're doing things right, even if it seems unrealistic, that's an authority that's put over you, right? Just submit to it, right? Now all of a sudden you can find favor. In one year, it was actually 2018, the year we moved into that new building. It was pretty stressful. Um, we got audited by the IRS, the BWC, and an insurance company all in one year. And the IRS was hours and hours of sorting through receipts and this and that and, and BWC. But IRS was okay. We went through it, no problem at all. The lady, once she saw our, our numbers, our receipts, she actually was a blessing to us. And now we know how to organize our stuff so in the future, so we didn't do anything wrong, everything was good. Um, BWC, that guy came in like a wrecking ball. He came in and he's going to find something and he's going to bust us. I mean, that's what, that was his mindset and he wasn't nice about it. And we're laying everything out. We're showing him everything we got. And then we did do a few things wrong, but it was in the favor of them. He started doing his calculating and he's like, oh, wait a second here. If we did it this way, we would owe you thousands of dollars. And, and he realized we wasn't trying to be dishonest. Now all of a sudden he's helping us. We found favor with this guy. He's showing us how to code things because we have a lot of codes, right? We, we do a lot of things from home improvement to, you know, landscape, everything in between. So we can't just use one code. So he's teaching us and showing us how to do these things right. And I believe we found favor because we submitted to, to God we, by submitting to the authorities, doing things right. And the same thing happens with, with our uh, um, our. CEUs, I'm sorry for, uh, I'll move on, forget about that one. <laughs> so to sum it up, uh, um, I'm a strong believer. Nobody can ruin God's will in your life but you. You know, so if you decide to not do things God's way, that's when you can start messing up God's will, right? That's when you get off the path. That's when you're out of protection, out of blessing. So it comes down to you. If the Lord says submit, submit. If the Lord says go this direction, go that direction, you know. So I'll move on to the business part. So can we get the, the first slide up there? So this is about the mentor, the, the, the business mentor interest meeting. So we're going to have it on Sunday, October 2nd, um, following the service in the fourth through sixth grade classroom. And what this is, is this isn't like, I don't want to act like I know more than anybody else. I really don't, you know. But I do know what the Lord's shown me. And those are the things I'm willing to share. And... Um, we want to just find out if there's an interest. You know, these are some of the things that the, that the mentorship can provide. Um, I was thinking maybe a couple sessions, a couple two-hour, one to two-hour sessions, just talking about there's a list of things that maybe somebody's started a business or wants to start a business, and I'll show them what I did. I'll show them what the Lord's shown me. Answer questions based on my knowledge and experience. Share my story of how God has moved in my life through business. Teach the importance of trusting God and having money in the proper order. Teach biblical principles that apply to business. Teach business strategy. That's actually the nuts and bolts of, of getting into, the, into a business. And then I could be available for ongoing questions and encouragement following the initial sessions. There's been some other people that have some gifts. You know, I didn't ask if I could mention their name, so I won't. But there are people that have other gifts that, that they said, hey, if you see somebody in this area, let me know. I'm willing to give an hour as well. Um, slide two. I won't go through those. Those are just 
topics that can be discussed just to give people a, a starting point. Like if you're in your business and maybe there's an area that's not your strength, you know, this list is in, in the bulletin. Next slide, the last slide. Um, the requirements for entering a mentorship program. This is what I'm thinking. Um, honoring God in business must be the first number one priority. I don't want to just teach business just for the sake of teaching business. I want to, I want to be what I couldn't find. I want to teach people how to honor the Lord in their business. And in that process, we can talk about business. So that being said, tithing must be a commitment. And this is just me. This isn't the pastor. This is me. If I want to give my time, I want to make sure somebody's tithing because that's step one. If you're not doing step one, then let's not move on to step two. You may be, you know, I won't go there either. Um, and then other opportunities could be group get-togethers with others that are part of the mentoring, kind of like a focus group. You know, I don't know, maybe one day it'll become a small group. I don't know. But I know when you can get around with other business owners and talk real numbers, real challenges, you can really benefit each other. Uh, possibly start a monthly business professionals luncheon. And this doesn't have to be just for business owners. This could be literally business professionals. It could be anybody. You know, the, the lunch would just lean towards business culture. Um, you know, encouragement, networking, building relationships. I'm a strong believer building relationships is key in serving the Lord and in business. Um, and then another option could just be real estate invest, investing strategies that I've used. You know, I'm willing to share those with anybody that might be interested in something like that. So in closing, before I turn this over to Pastor Brian, um, not everyone is called to be a business owner, and that's perfectly okay, but we are called to serve the Lord in our own workplaces, in our jobs. Um, and I really think that's so important. I know a lot of people that are Christians on Sunday and then they're not during the week. You know, we're called, business owner or not, serve the Lord in our jobs. Um, you need to make a decision. Maybe you already have, but if not, are you gonna lie and compromise your integrity and God's instruction? or submit to God with your money, security, and your business life. If you haven't, we would love to pray for you. So would you all mind standing real quick? I'll just...